1: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, how the heck are you anyway? Welcome in 1102, Nate Lundy, Jeff Morton, Mile High Sports. Go Fast Energy Drink text line always open, always ready, 303-831-1340. Thanks for being here. It's a hump day Wednesday. I don't know, Jeff, if we're ready to get into musical theming yet. I kind of feel like that might be... Like jump in the gun a little bit, we might be Henry Winkler and the shark if we're not careful. <laughs> we, I don't think well, we can I mean, go that look, far.
2: I mean, music theming could be a bunch of different things, though. I mean, the music is so uh, it encompasses such a wide breadth of things, though, Nate.
1: Yeah, but the way the I theming works. With with yeah, it. but the way the theming works, it's always based on like this is what we've done historically. This is what I've done historically when I'm bored and I don't have anything else to do. Is it's been based on like today in history. It's been based on something in the news, you know, something, something like that. So for example, you could say if you wanted to do today as a theme, well, we know that we have a pair of Jacksons in the news. So then you could say, all right, nothing but music from the Jackson family. See what I'm saying? And yes. that's what you do. And then all of a sudden, now you got Michael, you got Janet, you got the five, you got, and then that's it because the rest of the family sucks. But it's at least a place to start. See what I did there? That's where I, the I see, themes come I see what from. You did. Yeah. See, it's not yes. just like you rolled out of bed and you were like, damn it, I haven't listened to government mule in a while you know like it doesn't you know it doesn't work that way you gotta you gotta actually well, first of all that's reason.
2: never happened with me really no it Could one day never well, i don't know never <laughs> once
1: you didn't you didn't like do a bunch of drugs in the middle of the night and wake up and go you know what i haven't listened to enough lately <laughs> yes uh, government mule yes,
2: I, <laughs> just because i that haven't listened is. to yes it, although it's more likely with me to i haven't heard Dexy's midnight runners for a oh, long okay. time okay so i think okay I want to hear, come on, Eileen. So there we go. That's usually what it is for me. But rarely is it government mule. Although I'm sure there are a couple people who Uh, do have that thought. They probably listen to Fish as well.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. It's all jam band stuff. Um, the other thing that happens occasionally is, you know, like we'll say this day in history. So you could go back and go, Oh, you know, this Mm -hmm. particular event happened on this date back in like 1994. And then we go find like billboards, hot 100 from 94. And we go find a bunch of the songs from the top 20. And that's what we use. So for those that have never been exposed to the hump day musical theme, that's what it is. That's what it comes from.
2: Let me let me ask you a question. Nate. Why has why don't I hear more radio shows close their programs with closing time by semisonic?
1: Um, there's probably somewhere north of twelve hundred and fifty shows that do that. <laughs> um, particularly night shows. Um, those are those are always good. Um, we talk it,
2: about a song that's so '90s, though. I mean, oh. look, look uh, there's no no song that epitomizes the '90s more than that song.
1: Yeah, that one. There's a lot that I think just sort of summarize the '90s really well. I think that's one. Mm. Um, I think you can get into what else. We could do, you know, like "Semi Charmed Life." You get into anything, yes, uh, anything um, from Darius and the Boys on "Cracked Rearview." Uh, you just, mm-hmm. I mean, the list goes on and on. There's a, there's a whole yes. lot of it, but I yes, would say closing definitely. time definitely falls into that vibe. I would agree. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I would agree.
2: It's just it's just so much that.
1: By the way, before we um actually talk about something. Um yeah. <laughs> uh it's one of those days. Um yeah. uh, as long as we're on the topic of music, the only acceptable answer, you do not elaborate, do not do anything. The only acceptable answer is either yes or no. Uh the band Rush.
2: Uh yes.
1: Oh, damn it. All right, this show's over. Really?
2: <laughs> no, look. I like, I like, I like a couple of their songs, but I, I don't like the esoteric, uh, weird, uh, but I'm, okay, here's the thing. I'm, I'm really, I really like progressive rock. I like yes and, and all that stuff. So okay. that's kind of in my wheelhouse, especially early rush. But to be honest with you, I don't, uh, there's sometimes I can't take Geddy Lee's voice.
1: So okay. I think trouble that's
2: with the trees. Yeah, sort I can't, of thing,
1: you know? I can't quite get, I can't quite get down with that. <laughs> I can't. I've got some friends that hate me because that's my particular position. But I, it's funny to me because you know me, Jeff. We've known each other for a while. I have a very eclectic mm-hmm. music taste. It is all over the board. Mm-hmm. But there are also some bands that people love that I just don't feel the vibe of. So, for example, I do not dislike, but I do not understand the love affair that some people have with Pink Floyd. I don't hate them. I don't dislike the music, but I'm just kind of like, meh. That's wow,
2: not... it's interesting. Interesting. Isn't that I, weird? I, I, not I. Well, no. Look, I can I can see that though because they got. Well, some of their stuff could be a little. I mean, either omnipresent like the wall, anything from the wall. Right. You're like I've heard this a million times. I've yes. heard comfortably numb for yes. eight million times yes. on radio. But, you know, they have some other really obscure stuff that, you know, it's like any band, though. I mean, I've never been a fan of much hip hop, to be honest with you. That's that's not me. Um, but I can I don't know, get Jeff, down if with people see you.
1: Things. If people see you, you scream hip hop. I'm just.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I, I. Yes. A exactly. white kid from Arvada uh-huh. is the uh-huh. uh, yeah. is the first thing. That's but exactly I mean, what I'm, I was thinking. I just I just referred to myself as a kid though, so may, that's a step in the right direction. No, but uh but it, it it's just it is what I mean there's a lot of things that people like that that I just can't get down with. But I think that was kind of my trait in the nineties. I didn't like Jordan's Bulls because everyone liked them. Got so it. I gravitated towards the Knicks.
1: Okay. You were so you were that that, anti, that was kind of my
2: You yeah. were the anti yeah, fill the, in the co- blank. Yeah. Why do you think I've been a Nuggets fan for so long? <laughs>
1: You know, that kind of explains a lot. The other one that we will get into at some point, I don't want to belabor the point here in the opening segment. The other one we will get into at a, at a later point is how I can manage to be a child of the eighties and hate REM. Um, Cause that's actually a band that goes, be, that's like, if it comes on, if I'm cruising around Sirius XM or something like, if an REM song comes on, I cannot change the channel fast enough. Oh, and it cracks my wife up. She's she dies. Yeah. She's like, You really don't like them, do you? I'm like, No. Can't stand them. Well it's because
2: look, I it's because Michael Stipe is insufferable. And, yes. it, and then it comes across in the music. Yes. Like, remember what's what's the frequency Kenneth? Yes. That song? Yes. Okay. And you know, people who know history know it's based on Dan Rather yeah, Dan getting Rather. beaten to a pulp yes. by, by a guy who said, What's the frequency Kenneth? But Outside of that, the delivery is so smug in that song mm-hmm. that I can see why people don't like it. And I see that's why people don't like R.M. Cause
1: Shiny, happy people really makes sick. my ears bleed. Um, if I hear losing <laughs> my religion one more time. like, the, And here's the other thing. This is the other thing that happens. Some of you may, this may make sense to some of you who right now are going, how in the world can you hate R.M.? This is part of what will help it make sense for you. Please understand that I've been in radio in thirty for 30 years, which means when I started in radio, I actually started in radio in Top 40 as well as Talk when I started doing all of that was right when losing my religion was every other video on MTV. Um, when that song would not stop playing no matter where you were. And so that is also where part of my disdain came from was because I was just sick of hearing it because I worked in radio and radio stations played it all the time. So, there you
2: well, well, look. If you, 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 every time you turned on MTV TV in nineteen ninety-two, so I was about what 14, 15 years old then. Uh, every time you turned it on, it was "Losing My Religion." Yes. Or um, "Symphony of Destruction" mm-hmm. by <laughs> Megadeth. Yeah. Um, uh, but which uh, Tandica, I actually like. I, I, I. I there's certain I like. I do like Megadeth. Do so I don't weird. see like the kind. Of, yeah. I don't look like the kind of person who does. Yeah, we are, but so there are Their nineties. Ver, the 90s version of them I like, but regardless, it's just, I can understand. There's some things that they built in, like you brought it up, Semi-Charm Life by, mm-hmm.
1: by Third Eye
2: Blind. Mm-hmm. That song was beat so far into the ground, I never wanted to hear that song again, yes. ever.
1: Yeah. And you had the songs that branched over different um, um, formats of stations, which Losing yeah. My Religion did. I mean, it was on an AC station. It was on a top 40 station. It was on, I mean, it was, it was on the soft rock station. Practically. It was like, it was just, it was everywhere. So you couldn't get away from it. So that was just, that's just the truth. That's the stuff that drove me nuts. All right. I brought them up before we will get to them, but I'll tell you what, we're going to break a little bit early because I don't want to get into this discussion and then wind up cutting it short. The Jacksons (laughs) are in the news. uh, And we will talk (laughs) about why. Uh, they are in the news because Steven Jackson has now weighed in um, again as uh, a lot of the uh, racial injustice and racial topics continue to permeate everything. So we will get to that on the other side. We'll go ahead and break early rather than diving into that and then forcing ourselves to take a break. Alongside Jeff Morton, my name is Nate Lundy, 1111 The Time. It's a Wednesday edition of the program on Mile High Sports.
0: 1117,
1: Wednesday. Nate Lundy, Jeff Morton, Mile High Sports. Go Fast Energy Drink, text line is 303 831 1340 Brad Evans will be along with his big noise, big bet of the day coming up later this hour. Congratulations, by the way, to Brad and his team on the launch of fadethenoise.com yesterday fantastic site. If you do fantasy, you do sports betting, any of that, you got to go check out what Brad and the guys are doing. I, I, it is truly unprecedented what they have put together. It is unbelievable. Um, so congratulations to them because they launched it about 24 hours ago um, and it has been a, a project that's been in the works for months. So um, Jeff, where do we begin with, with the Jacksons? Where do where do we where do you want to start? Where do you want to start with this? Do we need to do we need to set the table as, as to how all of this began? Um, what what where where do we want to go? Where, where, we, need to, we need to at least acknowledge and address it a little bit because it's out there in the sports world in terms of Deshaun Jackson and thus the response from Stephen Jackson.
2: Well, Deshaun Jackson shared a Instagram post uh, from some quotes that were supposedly from Adolf Hitler, but weren't actually uh, Hitler quotes, but I guess gets at semantics because they were <clears throat> essentially saying how um, uh, black Jewish people are, are, are real Jewish people and how uh, white Jewish people want to keep people down. And it, it just, it is a, it was really offensive, um, but... I think there was some level of acknowledgement from Deshaun Jackson that he messed up because he immediately apologized and, yeah. and did yeah. that. I mean, it, it maybe shows some level of uh, ignorance on his part of what Jewish people have gone through, uh, through history. And I think that he heard the backlash and, and apologized quickly. Uh, Stephen Jackson is another complete different subject all together uh i can't even lump those two together because one was an acknowledgement of maybe this wasn't the right thing to say in any sort of level and i need to maybe better educate myself here uh stephen jackson is doubling down on it in a way that i just i haven't seen someone self-immolate like this in quite some time
1: yeah, he he did. Let me um uh, let me let me Stephen share.
2: Jackson has doubled double down on it.
1: Yeah. So he posted a video on Instagram that he later took down. Let me let me give you the the essentially the transcribed version of what he said in the video. He said I just read a statement that the Philadelphia Eagles posted regarding Deshaun Jackson's comments. He was trying to educate himself, educate people and he's speaking the truth, right? He's speaking the truth. You know he don't hate nobody, but he's speaking the truth of the facts that he knows and trying to educate others. But y'all don't want us to educate ourselves. If it's talking about the black race, y'all ain't saying nothing about it. they killing us, police killing us, and treating us like bleep. Uh, racism at an all-time high, but ain't none of you NFL owners spoke up on that. Ain't none of you teams spoke up on that. But the same team that had a receiver, he's referring to Riley Cooper, who said the N-word publicly, they gave him an extension. I play for the big three. We have a Jewish owner. He understands where we stand and some of the things we say, but it's not directed to him. It's the way we've been treated. Um, And as I said, he's later deleted the video um, because he obviously got an incredible amount of backlash. I I can't, you know, look, when when a lot of this began several weeks ago um, and I was hosting here, I said, as I opened up the show that particular day, I said that... I am a middle-aged white guy. Um, My general opinions or thoughts or emotions or things like that, at the end of the day, don't mean squat. I have to be honest because I have not lived it. I have not been in those shoes. I have not shared that kind of pain. I have not shared that kind of experience. I haven't. Again, I'm a middle-aged white guy. Um, And... So I don't have the ability to sit down and have some sort of an opinion that I feel is worthy of standing here at a pulpit and trying to share. At the same time, I believe that whether we're talking about Steven Jackson or Deshaun Jackson or any of the athletes or celebrities or even regular Joes that have wanted to speak up, their voice is a heck of a lot more powerful and frankly more important than mine. What I have found interesting, though, Jeff, that I wanted your perspective on is... Steven Jackson has found himself in the middle of all of this because George Floyd was his friend. And because of that, he is now, I don't want to say the face of it, but he is a face behind a lot of what is happening right now. And he seems to, um, to be more than happy to dive into all of what is happening. I'm curious why he felt it necessary to jump into this one.
2: Well, Let let me limit my comments to the people who are of note here, Deshaun and Stephen Jackson. No relation to each other, but Deshaun and Stephen Jackson, Um, I think that they are isolated in what they're actually talking about here because there is a lot of different facets to the black lives matter movement and what is out there and what they need to do and everything that they have done as far as i'm concerned i have agreed with um personally but they don't need quote unquote my agreement as as you said a middle-aged white guy Um, that is not my position here Uh, i need to listen and learn that has always been my stance on this is listening and learning in isolation, what Steven Jackson is doing is extremely harmful to Steven Jackson, uh, and he is very vocal and very out front. Uh, that anyone know Captain Jack, he has always been that way, um, his entire career, and it's just it's just who he is. Uh, that in a, in a sense he's being consistent with who he is. It's just that he is his This point of view that he has is not correct. And I don't think doubling down on this is something that is reflective of him very well. Um, this isn't not is not anything about a reflection of the greater society or who he has been a very big and and I would say a very effective spokesman for. Uh, this is about Stephen Jackson and what he believes, and he's not doing himself any favors. And I think that today, you know, he even did, did an Instagram Live where he kind of tripled down on his his thought pattern as far as that goes, bringing up the Rothschilds as far as people owning everything and all that stuff in the Jewish community. It's not It's not right. And I think that... In isolation with Steven Jackson, you cannot extrapolate that out any further than someone who is refusing to maybe listen to other people at this point about their experiences, and to me, that just makes me sad because I think if anything, the Black Lives Matter movement has showed us is that we need to listen and need to hear people who aren't heard, and I think what dismays me is that Steven Jackson is not listening, and he's not hearing and that's just coming from a Jeff Morton point of view. And I, I wish that I wish that he was able to hear what he is saying and maybe step outside of himself and understand that this is harmful to other people, what he's been saying. And I, I, it just makes me sad. It really does.
1: Coming up later uh, today, I believe, or at least over the course of the next 24 hours, Jeff is going to do a new episode of the CSG podcast. He's going to talk some about this. Jeff, how do people find it? Mm-hmm
2: uh go any any actual podcast uh, catcher so you got Apple Podcasts uh, Stitcher uh Pocket Casts um I am on there under CSG podcast and I will be talking about that uh within the next day or so
1: Perfect there you go 1126 is the time before we get to the break um a word for my friends at DraftKings sports book All right we've we've heard about the rumors for a while right everybody's been talking about Fight Island and it's here and all that you've got UFC 251 this weekend Set to be the best yet. You got big names stepping into the octagon. You got it going on all night. It really is a very impressive card. And there's no other place to get in on the action than DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. This week only, DraftKings offering all new users a special odds boost on this weekend's headline fight. It's pretty cool. They're doing an odds boost to plus five hundred. Bet 20 to win a hundred on either fighter. You've got all the action this week, not just the UFC, but you've got the golf, you've got the European soccer, and of course we can see the opportunity for some live sports out in the distance coming up in the next few weeks as well. But this weekend's big fight, they're offering all users not one but two profit boosts. When you place a bet on UFC 251, you just have to place a pre-fight bet on a fighter uh, and a match bet, and if they win, your payout increases. It's that simple. I want you to download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use code MHS when you sign up, and for a limited time, new users get a no-brainer odds boost on the headline fight for Saturday. Bet $20, win 100 It's that easy. You got it. No matter whether you pick Usman or Masvidal, your odds will be boosted to $20 to win 100 So head to DraftKings Sportsbook now. Sign up with code MHS. You must be 21 or older Colorado only. Bonus comprised of first deposit bonus and first bet match each up to $500. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough. restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Yeah, well, 11.31, Wednesday, Mile High Sports. Nate Lundy, Jeff Morton, go fast energy during text line, 303-831-1340. Brad Evans, big noise, big bet of the day coming up later this half hour before we get up to the top of the hour and turn things over to Gil Whiteley. Jeff, is Russell Wilson the second best quarterback in the NFL? Ooh. ESPN says Man.
2: It. I, I, boy, Maybe. I mean, it depends on how much you buy into buy Lamar Jackson, I guess, right? Yeah.
1: I mean, they have Patrick Mahomes uh, ranked number one, which, I mean, you're the defending Super Bowl champion and defending yeah, MVP. Yeah, no-brainer. That's no-brainer. kind of a no-brainer at this point. Their top 10 looks like this. Um, and just, you know, I, I find this interesting. They did a top 10. Um, they ranked it up with their um, with voters. They talked to 50 people, which included league executives, coaches, scouts, and players, to to help uh, stack the top 10 players at 11 different positions. Um, And so they're releasing those. They did tight ends yesterday. Um, They did quarterbacks today. If you want me to tell you the tight end list, okay, fine, but I probably won't waste your time. Um, I can tell you that Noah Fant isn't on it. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, <laughs> but they did quarterbacks today. So Patrick Mahomes is number one. Um, amongst those 50 voters, this is kind of interesting because they did it in kind of a point system. So it was, they were, they asked everybody to put together their top, um, at least top 10. They were allowed to do up to top 15 and they basically ranked them based on sort of a reverse point system. Um, Patrick Mahomes, number one, the lowest ranking he received, um, was number four, which I do find that interesting of who, which three that person would have put higher, but okay, fine. Patrick Mahomes is number one. Russell Wilson is number two. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is number three. Deshaun Watson, number four, Drew Brees, number five. Um, hmm. I would say I, mm, I would have Lamar Jackson for me personally. I would have Lamar Jackson higher than Deshaun Watson personally I would too Um, I would too I am uh, Ronnie and I have talked about this before I am a lot higher on Aaron Rodgers than Ronnie is um, and then then some people are I mentioned it um, on the show uh, uh, earlier this week with you that I believe 10 years from now Green Bay and their fan base are going to look back and realize how much they wasted of Aaron Rodgers Mm -hmm. career Um, I think he's phenomenal despite the fact that he's 36 Um, obviously you know, Drew Brees is 41, and he's still in the top five. But Drew Brees continues to perform mm. at just a ridiculous level. Ridiculous. Yep.
2: Oh, I, out. I, I think what Russell Wilson did last year is right up with his Super Bowl years. I agree. Uh, in terms of what he did, he just. It, and I think that's kind of why he's number two there. I, I, I saw something uh, with Russell Wilson there that uh, had been delayed for a while, just because you know, like in the NFL, they have to retool all the time. And Seattle has not been the same team for three years, three, four years. Yeah. So obviously that's, that's a little different. Um, but I still, I, I was amazed by what he did last year. So I agree with that. Um, and far as Aaron Rodgers goes, times as like John Elway in the eighties, sometimes you can only deal with what you have around you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I think the green Bay, as you said before, has really done him a disservice and I am I'm just amazed that he hasn't just demanded a trip.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, I think so. And Maybe it doesn't really... Yeah, it doesn't but strike... But never
2: happens in the NFL. So. It doesn't,
1: doesn't strike me that's his personality. I don't think he would do that sort of... It doesn't seem like that. Now, who knows what happens behind the scenes, but um, he doesn't seem like the guy that yeah. would get into the point of being able to demand, to demand something. You, we talked about Russell Wilson, the stat that I love about Russell Wilson... Um, and they actually pointed out in the article, but um, if you look at Russell Wilson um, statistically, um, they, they provide, um, you know, the, the quarterbacks get rated on a QBR, obviously. Um, that's one of the stats that's used in terms of a quarterback rating. He is the only NFL quarterback that is inside the top five, both in the pocket and outside the pocket. Um, he is the only quarterback that's in the top five regardless. Um, And that's a pretty incredible skill set because we know what Russell Wilson is capable of doing in terms of um, of improvising and needing to get out and move around. Uh, It's also what makes Patrick Mahomes good. It is one of the things that I do think is a skill set that Deshaun Watson has as well. And even Aaron Rodgers has the ability to move around um, and and Mm -hmm. try to create things. But for Russell Wilson to have a QBR that is in the top five basically, that's a stat telling you he's in the top five, regardless of where he is on the field. Um, You can leave him in the pocket and you can wait for a play to develop and he can try to time it with his receiver or all hell can break loose and he can take off and start running side to side. And he's still a top five quarterback. And in fact, his rating is higher when he gets outside the pocket. But it's amazing to me to be in the top five for both because that really is an outstanding statistic. That's amazing. Are you
2: telling me that? uh drew lock didn't make it to the top 10
1: um we 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 have not done the rest of the of the 10 i, I think you can probably guess uh-huh. but i'll give you the rest of the yeah. 10 <laughs> at number six is lamar jackson as i said in my opinion i would have lamar jackson behind um behind aaron Rodgers. i would have him at number yeah. four not deshaun watson I would
2: too
1: um but again we're we're to a certain extent we're within spitting distance because i don't know i yes. Whether I have one at four and one at six or vice versa, we're still talking about guys that are up there in the top uh, 10. Again, this is ESPN's list. Some polling that they did of 50 different NFL executives, coaches, scouts um, to put together their list at different positions. This is their quarterback list. Number seven, uh, they have TB12. um, They have Tom Brady. Um, Mm. At at number eight, Carson Wentz. Um, if, if, If he's on the field... Um, you know, as our good friend, Chad Brown, wow. as our good friend, Chad Brown always told me availability is more important than ability. Um, that puts uh, Carson at number eight. It puts Dak Prescott at number nine and you round out the top 10 with Matthew Stafford.
2: Matthew Stafford. Well, there's two people in there that I, I'm, I'm think are pretty sketchy. Uh, what was that? The old uh, axiom that, uh, Dan Reeves had in the eighties that you can't, you can't make the club in the tub. Yes. And I think that, uh, that that's Carson Wentz uh, right now <laughs> applies to Carson Wentz. I'm surprised he, even when he's played, particularly the last two years, he has not been, you know, mind better other than his rookie. What was it? His rookie year or his second year, uh, when the, you know, the Eagles went to the Super Bowl. I, I honestly haven't seen anything from him that says, uh, indicates to me he's number what, what was it? Eight, seven or eight on
1: there. Yeah. He checks no, in at eight. Uh, yeah, that one to yeah, me is a little no bit idea. of a surprise. But again, it's because like when he has been out there on the field, we have seen some really spectacular plays. Um, mm-hmm. He has a QBR when he's outside the pocket that is is unbelievable. It's an, it, he's an eighty-seven point four. I mean, he's he is really really talented. But he's got to figure out how to stay on the field. He's only twenty-seven years old. He's got a lot of time but he's got to figure out how to keep his body from breaking down on him because that's the only way well, that anybody's yeah. going to have these long-term conversations of high praise for him he's got to stay on the field
2: uh i think that that is absolutely especially in the nfl especially in the nfl and it's the league hardest to stay healthy in but it, it you have to be able to stay healthy and i just I haven't seen enough from uh, Carson Wentz to indicate to me that he's a top ten quarterback. I'm sorry, Ollie, really, yeah. but I, I <laughs> like haven't... like we have people from Philadelphia tuning in right, right
1: now. Right, exactly. But... Well, there could be. You never know. <laughs> um, they did the uh, also receiving votes uh, category, um, sort of like oh, when okay. we when we sort of like when we look at the top twenty five for college football or basketball, and you just see who's just right outside there. So, if we were to continue the list, number eleven would have been Matt Ryan. Um, number 12 would have been Ben Roethlisberger. Kyler Murray would have checked in at number 13, Jimmy Garoppolo at number 14. And then each of these people wound up with one point in whatever their point system was. Uh, Derek Carr, Ryan Tannehill, Jared Goff, Sam Darnold. There you go.
2: Interesting. I'm surprised Jared Goff didn't make... More well, this is
1: interesting. Like, Here is what an NFL coordinator is quoted as saying in this in this article for ESPN. An NFL coordinator was quoted talking about Jared Goff, says, throws the ball really well, just never got the sense other teams fear him.
0: Hmm. That's a
1: really good point. Like, yes, Patrick is. Mahomes is scary. Tom Brady scares you. Um Aaron Rodgers scares you. Drew Brees scares you. Lamar Jackson scares you. <laughs> because you know that they're capable of doing things regardless of those around them, regardless Mm -hmm. of who the receiver is or yeah, the offensive line might not be the best, but he can scramble and make something happen. Stuff like that. I like that quote about Goff.
2: Well, that's the whole, it's the Kyle Orton effect. Remember Kyle (laughs) Orton just couldn't, just couldn't, couldn't do anything outside of, of the plays that were called. He was very much a guy that just did his his job. It's, I wouldn't even call him a game manager, you know, because game managers are a little little different. From, Kyle Orton was like you program him and you have him do this, but that count for like plays breaking down. And every time a play break, would break down, he mm-hmm. would just he would just fall apart. And they could be saying the same thing about uh, Jared Goff. Then he's like a guy who just can't be that guy who does that little extra thing that gets you to the place that you need to go.
1: Yeah. Now, I mentioned the fact, before we get to the break, I mentioned the fact that they did the tight ends list. That's what they started with yesterday, all right? And they did their top 10. Mm -hmm. And I told you that Noah Fant was not in the top 10. I will tell you this, though. Yes. He did receive a vote. He did receive points from the people on the panel. Um, One veteran NFL coach who was voting in all of this, again, they voted anonymously, but it says one veteran NFL coach said, quote, he can be the best one, more talented than TJ Hawkinson. If you told me two years from now that he's a pro bowler, I'd say, yeah, I get it. Length and speed, big fan of him. So maybe well, when even did, last year during the draft, better when lock. yeah, well, even last year during the draft when I went, I'm sorry, you did what? You drafted a tight end in the first <laughs> round? You did what? Hey, I'm just waiting mm-hmm. for it to pay off. I'm waiting to see those mile high salutes in the end zone. That's what I'm waiting for when it comes to Noah fans. So he received a vote. It just wasn't, you know, enough for him to crack into the top ten. This That's could be a big year for him. Yeah. This could be a big year for him, though. I will say that. Eleven forty three is the time. Go fast energy drink text line 303-831-1340. Nate Lundy, Jeff Morton with you. Brad Evans, big noise, big bet of the day coming up in the next segment as we go through this Wednesday with you on Mile High Sport. I've had a lot of times in my life where this was the theme song. 11.47, Mile High Sports, Nate Lundy, Jeff Morton. 303-831-1340 on this Wednesday morning with you, Gil Lightly coming up at the top of the hour. Does it seem like it's been 10 years since the decision, Jeff? Ugh.
2: I was actually just thinking about it, and I was debating about doing a uh, podcast on it, but like everyone else on the planet probably is commemorating it in some way. And I think for Denver, the mellow trade is probably much more memorable, and that'll be coming oh, yeah. up in February. Yep. But the, yeah, it's it'd be interesting. I think people, and just as my perspective on it, I think people have overblown it as far as its impact. Um, I think the decision was obviously if LeBron went back to do it, he would not do it the same way. Right. But I think its impact structural in the NBA wasn't as great as they think it was. It was just a free agency decision. Um, But I think the spectacle of it was really off-putting to people. Yes. And I think it fundamentally shook LeBron. I don't know if anyone remembers that season. Uh, That's when the Heat lost in the finals to the Mavericks. And he had a really terrible, awful, awful, awful final. So you could tell that LeBron was just not comfortable with being a villain, and he's a guy that likes to be liked. Yeah. And I think that it really more than anything else is how that affected him, yeah. and how that affected him personally. Because he was there's no reason that team should have lost to the to the, uh, the Dallas Mavericks that year. No, I agree. and they they did, and that that was part of that effect on it. But as far as the earth shaking. I think it was just more of a curious moment in time that we'll never, ever see again.
1: Yeah, ever. you're right. If he could go back, he wouldn't do it. I mean, he wouldn't. No. It would be that simple. He wouldn't go back and do it the same way he did. And it's actually, you just brought up the idea of it not being as, quote, earth shattering as people made it out to be. It's actually the lead story right now on Aspen is the idea of why did that, why did his move to the Heat only result in two championships? Um, And they're kind of analyzing that. And then they also get back and remind everybody that he raised $2 million for the Boys and Girls Clubs by doing the decision that he did. That's what all of that, you know, pomp and circumstance actually led to (laughs) in terms of the dollars and cents of it was that he made a a massive donation was made because of that to the Boys and Girls Club. But it it was very off-putting. I think that's what... Um, led to him being a bit vilified for it. And look, I was even one of the people, I'm a LeBron fan, but I was one of those people that that was like, what are you doing? Like, this is, this is dumb. You're, mm-hmm. you're, you're, you're making it as though, you know, I mean, Peyton Manning didn't have the decision when he was trying to decide between the teams that were wooing him away from, you know, what was the start of his career in Indianapolis. And I think there's just a lot of people that went, mm, this is just, this doesn't sit right, man. This doesn't sit right.
2: Oh yeah, and I I wrote, that was my first year covering the team, Nuggets, and I remember writing uh, that Carmelo Anthony is not LeBron James, and this won't right. play out the same way. It did not play out the same way, but it had, I think, in my opinion, the Carmelo Anthony trade has much a lar- much larger impact on the NBA than the Le- LeBron decision did.
1: Yeah, no, that makes sense. All right, 11.50 as we do every single day on the program at this time. We check in with our good buddy Brad Evans of the Fade the Noise with Brad Evans' radio program on SiriusXM's fantasy channel. Also, FadeTheNoise.com. You find him on Twitter, at NoisyHuevos. We were talking about the rankings of the quarterbacks earlier, which makes today's Big Noise Big Bet of the Day, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, even more appropriate as he talks about Lamar Jackson.
0: Hola, Denver. It's Brad the Big Noise Evans, and it's time for the Big Noise Big Bet of the day. Cannonballing in a DraftKings deep pool of NFL player props, one wager I'm splashing the pot on is the under 975.5 Lamar Jackson rush yards set at minus 110. MVP, whether in fantasy or reality, lit the football world on fire last season, displaying dual threat skills not seen since Michael Vick. In fact, his 1,213 ground yards annihilated the former Atlanta QB's single season record. However, with Mark Ingram still on roster and adding J.K. Dobbins via the draft, Jackson may not sport as much action on the ground. Repeating his 11.7 rush attempts per game is a likely stretch. No passer in NFL history has topped 900 rush yards twice in his career. Given the roster additions and natural expected regression, pounding the under is smart money. Always looking to add some betting spice. Be sure to follow me on Twitter at Noisy Huevos. I'm Brad Evans, and this has been your Big Noise, Big Bet. Of
1: the day. It is brought to you by our friends at DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. If you download it right now, of course, UFC 251 coming up this weekend. Use code MHS when you sign up because this weekend, and for a limited time, all new users get no-brainer odds on the headline fight this Saturday. They're boosting it to a plus 500. You bet 20, you win 100. Doesn't matter who, whether you pick Usman or Masvidal. Your odds are getting boosted to $20 to win $100. All of it with DraftKings Sportsbook. But you got to use that code MHS when you sign up. Don't forget to do that. MHS as in Mile High Sports. Must be 21 or older. Colorado only. Bonus comprised. First deposit bonus. First bet. Match each up to $500. Deposit bonus requires 25 times. playthrough. restrictions. Apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem. Call one 800 522 I actually agree with Brad on that one. I don't see Lamar Jackson eclipsing that number because I think that after what happened last season, that what falls on the coaching staff and the offensive coordinators, et cetera, for Baltimore is to find ways to um, to to not try to carbon copy what they did last year offensively. I think they've got to take advantage of Mark Ingram. they got to throw the ball. You need to take advantage of Mark Andrews, the, the very talented uh, tight end that they have. You've got to find ways to get him to. You, you don't need to turn him into a traditional pocket quarterback, but I think you have to recognize that you got to kind of you got to spice things up a little bit on the offense because if you do the same things you did last year, defensive coordinators watch a lot of film; they can figure this stuff out.
2: Well, and the Titans just brutalized him, and yeah. it, you you could see that in the playoffs. And I wouldn't be surprised if he has that that next year dip, which is to- totally happens to everyone. I think he's a little different than most. Running quarterbacks. I don't think he's cat for Cam Newton. I think that they're he's not going to be, you know, beaten out of the league like the Broncos basically did to uh, Cam Newton there. So I have more faith in him. By the way, uh, uh, feed the noise, right? That's that's uh, that's his, That's Brad Evans. Uh, fade the noise. Okay. Um, I keep thinking of that song by Anthrax and Public Enemy. <laughs> Bring the
1: noise. That would be an appropriate theme song <laughs> for Brad. You say, though say
2: that, you could mention that to Brad.
1: We may need to actually, as we as we intro this segment every day, we may actually need to get to the point of having some sort of because we always used when he would join us on the morning show. We always used tequila because that's, I mean, that's Brad's thing, Tequila Thursday. Um, he does a he has a whole hashtag Tequila Thursday movement um, on Twitter because the man loves tequila. He drinks a lot of it. And especially on Thursdays, it's also he is convinced that that's the only way you can get through Thursday night football during the NFL season is to be drunk as hell um, because the games stink. So he's got all of this that he does, and it all comes around with hashtag Tequila Thursday. And so whenever we would have him on the program to talk about some picks and, and things for the Thursday night game, he would always have hashtag Tequila Thursday. So I know it's Wednesday, but Brad's probably already drunk. I need to be honest with you. But I think we could probably find some good music uh, to go along with it, because that man only has one volume and it goes to eleven, period. Well, I'm End telling story. you, that's
2: why that's why "Bring the Noise" by Anthrax and Public Enemy would you, you, be like the perfect song for him in perfect. there. I I I'm just saying. Tell you what, I tune in tomorrow. Just saying
1: turn in tomorrow, we may okay. get it. We may get it going. <laughs> Uh, he is on Twitter at Jmorton78. 78. That is how you find Jeff on social media. Keep an eye out wherever you get your podcasts for the CSG for the Colorado sports guys, CSG podcast. Make sure you subscribe, you rate, you review, you do all of that kind of stuff. Uh, our podcast is posted up as well with this show. If you ever miss any portion of the program, you can find it. Uh, you can search it out where you get podcasts. You can uh, find it at milehighsports.com, etc., et cetera. If you ever miss it and just want to hear our lovely voices. You're welcome to be able to uh, to go back and listen to us on demand, and then you can skip past the really random parts where we start talking about music. Jeff, have a great afternoon, my friend.
2: Thanks. See you guys later. All
1: right, thanks, Jeff. He is on Twitter at jmorton 78 I am on Twitter at Nate Lundy. Thanks to Danny Bailey behind the glass. Gil Whiteley coming up next, and then Ronnie Court as well as Will Evans throughout the afternoon. Thank you for being here. This is Mile High Sports. <laughs>